Welcome back to middle school It's a zoo out there So just be cool Don't speak too loud Try to fit in But if you don't Then you can be in everyone and welcome to the Outfit Repeaters, an unofficial Lizzie McGuire recap podcast. I'm your host Marissa Cantor and with me as always is Sam Chung. Hello Marissa. Uh, I'm worried about stepping on your line because I feel like you, <laughs> you're going to want to say it. I was going to say Marissa, are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> I'm so ready. Yeah, no, we are, I mean this was a much teased podcast for quite some time. Was it? I mean, I feel like we mentioned it, like, several months ago. That's true. Yeah. We were like, hey, this is something that we want to look into, and now we finally have the chance to look into it thanks to Paramount+. Plus. This podcast is in no way affiliated with <laughs> Paramount+. Plus. Yes. Um, we said last week that this week would be a surprise, and surprise, we are going to talk about Zoe 101. Zoe 101. Marissa, it's been a week full of surprises. We had our first celebrity encounter since moving to Los Angeles. Oh, are we going to talk about this? <laughs> I mean, I feel like what's the harm, right? Like we had a celebrity encounter. Um, so that happened. And um, said celebrity doesn't know that there was an encounter, but we know. But so, we know. But we know. So it happened. It did. Are we going to disclose the celebrity that we encountered. Would you like to? Sure. I mean, why not? I just feel like it's a, what, why tease? What? Why to? <laughs> yeah. So we went to see Phoebe Bridgers this week, which was just magical and lovely. And it was my first concert in two years. Sam's first concert in, I don't even know, longer. Uh... Two and a half. Yeah, probably. It's been quite some time. And yeah, it was very, it was just so nice. It was outdoor. Everyone was masked, vaxxed. It was, it was a, it was a good time. So we get to our seats and we realized pretty quickly that we are sitting next to Larry Saperstein, who plays um, Big Red in High School Musical, the musical, the series, which is a show that's very near and dear to my heart. <laughs> And then we spent the, a lot, of, well, I mean, we, we, we vibed, we vibed during the concert. I think he chuckled at some of your commentary about the sitting and standing. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> All right. So we bought seats. Everybody bought a seat actually, but nobody <laughs> wanted to sit. And I don't know why you go to a concert and then stand. And we were in like the second row of, you know, the, it's not really a balcony, but kind of like the second row of a tier. And so there's only one row in front of us. And literally everybody in that row sat, except for the three girls <laughs> who were like right Directly in front of in me. Front of so what am I supposed to, now I have to stand. And now everybody behind me also has to stand. It's like there should be some sort of like social contract that like, all right, you stand for like the first song and maybe you stand for like the singles. And then for like the other songs, just like sit your butt down. Jeez. 
Yeah, and like Phoebe Bridgers is just not like a standing like rager show. No. It's very chill. It's yeah. very good vibes. Oh my goodness. And then they finally sat probably <laughs> <laughs> like an hour and 15 minutes into the set. And it was like, oh, bless. And they sat for one song and then stood again. <laughs> and we were like, no. <laughs> Sit back down. Yes. So, you know, we're like, do we say something? Do we not? And we ultimately did not because, you know, he he was just a kid having a good time with his friends. He yeah. very chill. Like, just wanted to, like, let that happen. Like, we know. And that's all that matters. <laughs> now, now everybody knows. <laughs> now everybody knows. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it was a good time. Uh, Larry, if you're listening, enjoyed watching Phoebe Bridgers next to you um, in a non-creepy way. <laughs> <laughs> so that was it. And, I mean, it was a good, I feel like it was a good, like, low-key celebrity encounter. And that was it. And now, you know, I feel like, if you if you had any like anxiety about that happening, you can now like cross it off being like that happened. And now when you meet Hillary Duff on the streets of she lives in Studio City now, right? I think she lives in Beverly Hills now. Oh, she lives in Beverly Hills. Oh yeah, she got chased out of Studio City. <laughs> well, when you see her in Well, Bever- she got chased out of Toluca Lake, but close enough. But if you ever see Hillary Duff on the streets now, you can be like, "Hey, let me hearken back to my first celebrity encounter and how low-key I was, and I can exude that here. And just do nothing. Yeah, and just do nothing and just let that person live their life. Well, that's the thing. It's like at the end of the day, like we're all just people trying to have a good time. Yeah. Valera, you have an open invitation to join the podcast. We're <laughs> yes. Should you ever come across this moment in time? Yeah, Rachel told me that I should have, or we should have just started talking really loud about tap dancing. (laughs) (laughs) Really try and like pull him out of the woodwork. Really, you know, try to, you know, force something to happen. No, I feel like that's a bit much. Yeah. I mean, like I always try to, I just live in fear of being the most awkward person on the planet. But I know that like as an author, if anybody like approached me and like that has happened a couple times and to me, it's like the coolest thing in the world. And I feel very like touched by that. Mm-hmm. But you never know. So I err on the side of not humiliating myself. I was personally just thinking like he's going to be like, why are these two old people watching my show? We're not that much older than <laughs> That's true. We're he's like, like three he, years he's older like than my, Yeah, he's like my sister's age. <laughs> it's not like we're like geriatric. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, we're just baby millennials. Oh my god. Trying to live our lives. But anyways, let's talk about Zoe 101, which just like harkens back to <laughs> simpler days. Yeah, so we were curious to watch this because um you've mentioned this to me before, but you feel that Zoe 101 was Nickelodeon's response to the Liv- uh, the Lizzie McGuire phenomenon. And so obviously we have to check it out. And I I actually I had watched a couple episodes of Zoe 101 because it used to be on Nick at Night. Um, and so there was a there was a short time when I would watch Nick at Night because I would watch that 70s show on Nick at Night, I feel like. And Zoe 101 would come on sometimes like in that general like time slot vicinity. And so I have seen a couple episodes of Zoe 101, but I don't know if I've ever like watched the pilot. And I feel like I definitely don't know all of the episodes and it never felt worth it because I know where it ends. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, this was a little bit more familiar to me. Um, I'm not completely new to this. But it's all about the journey, Sam. 
And is it? <laughs> Not the destination. Okay. Wow. Nick at night. That reminds me, I saw a tweet this week, like in the past week, um, about someone was talking about explaining to their four-year-old child that things used to only be on when they're on and the child just like not being able to comprehend mm-hmm. what that means. Yeah. Nick at night just took me back to that. Yeah, listen, I mean, there when that 90s show comes out, people are going to be able to watch it whenever they want. They won't have to wait for Nick at Night to then air old reruns of that 70s show. Wild. Yeah, takes me back to the one summer of my life that I stayed up every night between the hours of like 1 and 3 a.m. to watch The Nanny sequentially. <laughs> yeah. It was good stuff. Yeah. Simpler days. Simpler, simpler times, for sure. But yeah, Zoe 101, I definitely think that, as you said, in many ways, this was Nickelodeon's response to Lizzie McGuire. Season one airs in 2004, the year after Lizzie McGuire ends. Um, it's a very different um, like premise and like the it's much more of an ensemble cast mm-hmm. than Lizzie McGuire, but it does have a very similar older sister pesky little brother dynamic it has the sort of like best friend who is so obviously in love with zoe and i feel like i mean in the show it gets set up right from the beginning whereas lizzie mcguire it was really like they didn't know Mm -hmm. how they were going to get there and it didn't really feel like they were going to go there until lalane left yeah but I think uh, I think that somebody at Nickelodeon, Dan Schneider, saw the response to Lizzie and Gordo at uh, the Lizzie McGuire movie and was like, you know what? I need to get a blonde girl and a curly haired dude for my own show. <laughs> yeah. And and then Zoe 101 was born. And then Zoe 101 was born. And you know what? They were very upfront. This is on the West Coast. There's no <laughs> there's no back and forth about, you know, where where are we in the world? No, they're like driving down PCH and like the opening shot and their school is called PCA, Pacific Coast Academy. Yeah, no, for sure. So what did you think of the pilot? We well, just watched the pilot. I actually have. So I'm looking through uh, like old threads about the era and apparently there was another show called Unfabulous. Oh, yeah, with Emma Roberts. I don't know. I'm unfamiliar. I never watched Unfabulous. But apparently somebody is saying that that was actually Nickelodeon's answer to Lizzie McGuire. But it just like was not anything that happened. I don't know. I didn't watch Unfabulous. But it sounds like you're familiar with that that uh, that franchise. Emma Roberts. I, I remember it, but it didn't have it didn't have a hold on me. Should we watch this? Maybe we maybe we you know jumped the gun a little bit, but maybe yeah. I mean, unfabulous. Abby, no, Addie, Addie Singer is trying to fit in at school, but always seems to end up in embarrassing situations. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that does sound very familiar. Uh, her best friends Gina and Zach and her parents support her through junior high. I mean, I'm not spotting a difference yet. <laughs> it's like. Someone's holding up to... Oh, yeah, I remember this show. Instead of the voice inside of her head, it's like songs. Wait, okay. (laughs) Whenever Addie isn't quite sure what to do, she writes and sings songs to express how she... Does Emma Roberts sing? I did not know this. Yeah, apparently. I mean, you say that it wasn't good. This show went on for three seasons, it seems. 
from 2004 I to 2007. You said it wasn't good. I said it didn't have the hold on me that Zoe 101 did at the same time. Oh, okay. Like I like actively remember watching Zoe 101 and rewatching Zoe 101. I see. Well, this seems like a more direct parallel. Like, it does. I see more on the like if you hold up the two pictures side by side and you're like point out the differences. I feel like it would be hard, a little bit more challenging with unfabulous. Yeah. No, now that now that I see wow. I think for me with Zoe 101, it's more about the like character archetypes Mm -hmm. than the plot. Maybe we have to watch Unfabulous next week. Oh man. Do you think Unfabulous is also on Paramount Plus? It looks like it is not. Oh man. How will we watch Unfabulous? Probably YouTube. You think (laughs) that's how I used to watch? That's how I used to watch Zoe 101 before it was on Paramount Plus. Just like bad uploads. Okay. That's really interesting, though. Yeah. Um, I I am big fan of Zoe 101. It honestly, to me, is just like peak Nick TV. I think it's so good. I don't know. I think it's interesting to sort of look at how the two competing children's networks are trying to differentiate themselves from each other at that time while also providing similar like in playing off of each other i i mean i guess we can get into this at the end no i don't want to i don't want to spoil my take here off the top okay Ooh. yeah you yeah have me wondering oh yeah well should we just jump in yeah i mean we can just jump in i mean this to some ex- to some degree this show seems a little bit more serialized than lizzie mcguire um so you know we do have like a setup they don't just kind of like drop us into the world the way that they do with i don't know the way that we do in the in the lizzie mcguire worlds there's like a, a premise here that we need to you know establish right off the bat yes and we we do i mean like bless their hearts get episodes in sequential order like this is our, <laughs> we're not watching like episode four yeah so we get a very um clear introduction and some exposition with our key players but we have to start with this banger theme song it's so good yeah and so i guess this is our first point of contention which theme song is better i mean the lizzie mcguire theme song holds such a nostalgic place in my heart but objectively the zoe 101 theme song is better I agree. I think the Zoe 101, as a song, it's better. And also as like an opening credit like appearance, I like the little like bubbles. And I still don't understand why they're playing with a bouncy ball. No one ever explained this <laughs> this part of the Lizzie McGuire opening to me. And I still don't really understand. Yeah, this Zoe 101's was much more of a classic. Um, you know, you get the clips from future episodes. Yeah, and I feel like you get a little bit of like each character in the opening montage. Like you can see more of their personality where it's like in the Lizzie McGuire montage, it's like, I don't know, maybe you get a little bit of a sense that Matt is like mischievous, but like what do you get about any of the other characters? Yeah. I don't know. You're so right. They're just playing with a, you know, kickball. Yeah, and Jamie Lynn Spears is singing her theme song. Oh, Jamie Lynn Spears sings this? I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Look at her. Look at her go. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> Are you ready? I Yeah. <laughs> I'm so ready. We open the show with Zoe, her little brother Dustin, and her dad on their way to PCA, yeah. Pacific Coast Academy. 
My first question is who drops their children off at boarding school in a convertible? Like, how was that enough storage space for their stuff? It didn't look like they brought that much stuff. How did they not bring that much stuff? (laughs) Yeah, they brought like maybe two duffel bags each. I mean, I respect that. Was the the convertible really just to, you know, we're in California? I think so, for sure. Yeah, not only a convertible, uh, a PT Cruiser convertible, the least cool convertible (laughs) ever made. (laughs) Yes, so dad is going to drop his kids off at school. Where is mom? Who's to say? I don't remember. Is there a mom? I don't remember. I don't remember either. (laughs) But there is a dad. And here's difference number two, I guess, is that the Zoe 101 has created a, a premise where the parents don't need to be there. And I'm not entirely mad at this. I think that this is a key distinction between Disney and Nickelodeon mm-hmm. is that a lot of Nickelodeon shows do this. Yeah. Um, where they just delete the parents from existence. Like yeah. in iCarly, Carly just lives with her older brother. Um, and Victorious, they like go to a music school. There just like doesn't need to be parents in these worlds. Yeah, they go full Lord of the Flies. <laughs> <laughs> they do. And like not even just like no parents, but there are barely any adult figures ever present in any meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really just like the kids navigating these situations. Yeah, I mean, I'm not mad at it. Like I said, I'm not mad at it. I feel like sometimes, if you're a kid especially, like who wants to see the story about the adults? No offense. And then it it inevitably gets weird and you're like, yeah. Yeah, who <laughs> wants to see Sam and Joe McGuire throw popcorn at each other no. and have a movie night? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, so, you know, I appreciated that, uh, you know, these are just kids left to fend for themselves <laughs> in the wild, the wild of the Pacific Coast Academy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, And I think that another difference is um, I feel like this show feels more, I don't know if like sketch is the right word in terms of the way it uses humor. Like, for example, in the opening scene, um, Dustin needing to pee so badly that his dad pulls over on the side of the road, like literally maybe 10 feet away from the entrance to the school. (laughs) So that he can yeah. pee on a tree and then get chased off by a squirrel. Oh, Dustin. So Dustin, yeah, is the younger brother. But I feel like if we're trying to make like connections between Dustin and Matt McGuire, they're very different characters. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think more of Dustin's personality comes out, you know, the further you get into the series, I think there can be more parallels to draw. But in this episode, he was just adorable. What can I say? He was a little bit yeah. more, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Fill it in for me. Uh, supportive? Yes. <laughs> Is that the actual word? <laughs> well, it just seemed like there was like a lovely relationship between Zoe and Dustin. Yeah. When you think about it, he Dustin's what, like seven? How old is he supposed to be? He's like pretty young. I don't think he's supposed to be that little. Probably like nine. I mean, regardless, this isn't his first year, like, you know, at this Pacific Coast Academy. Because the Pacific Coast Academy was previously an all-boys school. So Dustin has been there for, I guess, a year. But even still, at eight years old, his parents are basically like, we don't want you here. Go to boarding (laughs) school. 
Yes. So I'm sure he's thrilled to have, you know, somebody in his family close by. Yes. We love a premise built on sexism and the gender binary. Yeah. I mean, you loved it when they added the and girls sign to the bottom of the the placard. Oh my god, that moment sent me when oh, it's like the it's like the end of the opening scene. There is the sign for the school. Pacific Coast Academy, school for boys, and they add and girls. And I'm like sitting here like, you could have just removed <laughs> four boys. <laughs> like, Yeah, that is true. That is all you needed to do. You did not need to make another sign. Yeah, it probably would have been more cost effective to remove one sign than make a new sign. But they right. really wanted to hammer home <laughs> that this was a place for boys and yeah. now girls get to go here too. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we get the dad. I don't I don't really understand the dad's deal. The dad is he. Well, first of all, I mean, Zoe trying to drive the car from the passenger seat. Never a good look. <laughs> I mean, we have to assume that they're loaded. I yeah, I thought we were assuming everybody here is loaded. everybody here is loaded. Yeah. But like two kids at boarding school, like. And it's like, how far from this school are they really like? Do you think they live in Los Angeles still? They like the parents live like maybe an hour away. Yeah. Like they're not they're not that far. They're not from far. They're not like East Coasters just like happening to no be coming in from afar. But yeah, the dad is basically like he sends such mixed messages. He's like, I don't know about you here, but also here I am dropping you off. Yeah, it's very much a similar. My little girl energy that mm-hmm. we see from a lot of dads at this point in time. Yeah, we don't need that. Good thing you're going, dad. Never need to see you again. <laughs> yeah. And then they, oh, oh, this is important. So then, so they pull up, they're at school, and we are pretty much immediately introduced to Chase. Um, Chase is the guy. And so I do see some, well, actually, so I think we, for the purpose of this uh, exercise, Chase is the Gordo, um, and there are definitely certain physical similarities between <laughs> these two people, although their characters are definitely different. Chase is a doofus. Um, he's a lovable doof. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely not as like sardonic as, as Gordo. He, uh, or condescending. Yeah, Chase or- is just there to, you know, have a good time, and yeah, just, he, there's, the lights are on, but, you know, it doesn't feel like anybody's home a lot of the time with Chase. <laughs> no offense. That's not fair. <laughs> so what you're describing to me is you have, like, the physical traits of Gordo, but almost like the personality traits of Ethan Craft, like a Gordo-Ethan hybrid. Uh, not as extreme. I would say that because I feel like uh, Chase doesn't command the respect of an Ethan Craft because <laughs> he's such a doofus. So... You sound like low on Chase. I'm pretty high on Chase. I mean, I'm pretty low on Chase in terms of, um, I don't know, like his our first impression of him, he runs straight into a flagpole and starts bleeding. So. <laughs> what does he say? He says, I'll bleed. You talk. What's up? <laughs> yeah. I think that I, I really enjoy the dialogue in this in this show. It feels very snappy and like back and forth. Mm-hmm. Very quick. And almost there's like a wit to it that I feel like is sometimes lacking in Lizzie McGuire, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
Chase offers to walk Zoe to her dorm, and it's on the way to his dorm, and we have to see this, like, weird reaction from Zoe's dad about it, but he's ultimately like, bye, and then they just say goodbye right there. Yeah, that's the last time they see each other ever. Never to be seen again. (laughs) We get a quick tour of PCA from Chase, but it's not really a tour because the camera never cuts away from him, but he's just, like, pointing at the distance. I mean, that's how you really you know keep that budget lean (laughs) (laughs) thought it was so funny uh we get a gym joke that i appreciated and then zoe is in her room room 101 and i felt like you just made that connection i didn't know that she lived in room 101 i mean (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i feel like how would is this something that they mention in every episode because like i said i i hopped in and out like i don't know I didn't realize they were in room 101. And I'm assuming there's multiple seasons of this show. Are we to assume that, like, as time goes on, they don't leave room 101? <laughs> They'll, like, room. leave and come back and they're still in room 101? That is the assumption. <laughs> okay. I think there's one episode where, like, Zoe decorates the key to her room because she's always losing it. Okay. Um, And she's, as we see in this episode, she's very crafty and she has sort of this like natural talent for design okay yeah and i think that the key like she puts like 101 on it in like a fairly obvious way and then starts wearing it as a necklace if i if i'm remembering that correctly interesting what a functional necklace yeah (laughs) she was always losing her keys Room 101 seems kind of gross. They get there and someone's left an old sandwich in the fridge for presumably an entire summer. Yes. And Chase just throws it out the window. Yeah. It's also funny to me that so you you enter this space and it's so purple. It's so like over the top purple. It's like a bunch of guys got together um, and we're like, okay, okay, girls go here now. What do we do? How do we make them feel welcome? Let's just pick a girl color and just take our rollers and just. Yeah. Um, And how do we make up for not removing the urinal from the bathroom? (laughs) Such a reaction to to a urinal. Yeah. So we meet Nicole. Nicole is one of Zoe's roommates. Um, She likes to scream and she's never seen a urinal before. I guess she's kind of the Miranda parallel. Maybe. I don't know. It's different. It's, you know, they do a better job in one episode than Lizzie McGuire does over probably the course of the whole show in differentiating Zoe from Nicole. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) They are clearly different people in a way that, you know, are Lizzie and Miranda different people? Unclear. (laughs) We're still trying to figure that out. Yeah. But no, Nicole has uh, a very distinct personality. Yes, um, she's very stressed out by the urinal in the bathroom. It grosses her out, but she's very excited that Zoe is her roommate. And then we re-enter room 101, and we meet their third roommate, Dana. Yeah, and Dana is, she has a tough exterior, but, you know, deep down, I guess, she's just like everybody else. (laughs) Yeah, stay out of my way, stay out of my stuff, because we won't have a problem. And she wants the bed that Nicole has already unpacked all over. Yeah, the bottom bunk. Dana, bad call. <laughs> Nicole just gave you the top. Why do you want to be a power bottom? Get out of here. <laughs> and then isn't the other one just like a free bed? Yeah, it's like just like those, a single, single bed. Yeah. 
Like that's the that's the choice. That is the choice, Dana. Bad bad call. Um, Speaking of craftiness, we see Zoe. You know, just go to town on Nicole's shirt. If you're Nicole, do you trust Zoe, a girl you just met, to just like cut up your shirt? <laughs> I mean, but that's Nicole. I guess. Yeah. No, that was crazy. I know it. It immediately establishes such a level of trust between these two characters. Yeah. I mean, Zoe does great. She de-dorkifies the shirt. And here is where we get the introduction of the conflict in the episode. This is where the plot really starts to take off. So Zoe and Nicole stumble upon basketball practice ahead of Saturday's tryouts. This yeah, that was bizarre. Why work on a Saturday? <laughs> yeah, why are tryouts on a Saturday? I mean, I, I get that they have no home to go to now. They're all essentially orphans, but <laughs> Saturday, really? Zoe wants to try out. Yeah, um, there was a basketball episode in Lizzie McGuire, if I remember, and we were pretty critical of it. I think I particular, I in particular was pretty critical of the the strategy implemented in said basketball game. I don't remember what episode that was. Was that the like Gordo is short episode with Parker? Uh, it probably was, yeah. Because Ethan was so tall. <laughs> yeah, and um, I feel like this was a better representation of the game of basketball. <laughs> <laughs> low bar to clear. Low bar, real low bar to clear. But yeah, so this is where um, we meet Logan, and Logan is a bully. Yeah, he is the he's the clear antagonist from the jump. Yeah, he's Ethan Craft 1.0. Yes, a very compelling character arc for him though as as the series progresses, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Logan the trash bag. <laughs> yeah, and um Logan is the is, you know, the ringleader of, you know, no girls on the basketball team. Yeah, because girls make cute cheerleaders. Yeah. yeah, and he and Zoe butt heads a lot. Yes, and I honestly think, like, you know, this show does still feel very much like a product of its time, but it's at the same time feels, just in this one episode, more progressive than Lizzie McGuire, like, ever was. Oh, in, in that, In terms know. of, like, dealing with gender. Yeah. Because Zoe isn't taking any shenanigans. Yeah, although... You know, so this ends up in uh, a challenge. So Zoe is going to challenge Logan to a basketball game before tryouts, boys versus girls. Yeah, Zoe's going to round up her best five girls, and Logan needs to round up his best five guys, and let's go. Did you like how Zoe rounded up actually six girls, but one of them just sat on the bench the whole time? Arguably the tallest girl sat on the bench <laughs> the whole time. Questionable basketball strategy, but, yeah. you know, maybe she had no hands or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you got to have an alternate. Do you, though? Because it seems like Zoe will play through anything. Yeah. <laughs> alternate, get out of here. Yeah. So we get a really great cut. So it cuts from this challenge and the sort of like high energy optimism that Zoe is feeling. So then we cut to the girl's first practice, and it's not going well. I mean, Zoe, to her credit, has recruited a bunch of girls that, you know, I'm assuming she just met, and they're all pretty skeptical. None of them have ever really played basketball or are good at basketball, and so, and Dana seems to have a lot of political sway here, so when Dana leaves, everybody else leaves too. 
Yeah, so that's when there's only six left. Yeah. Uh, but they're going to practice hard and they're going to win. And this is where, this was the cut I was talking about. So then it cuts to just immediately after practice and all the girls just lamenting about how terrible they are yeah. back in the dorm and how much they suck and how the boys are going to just embarrass them. Uh, at this point, Logan just straight up chucks a basketball through the window. I mean, not just a basketball, a basketball with a, with a gift. <laughs> with a note. A note and a jockstrap. <laughs> yeah, girls have no game. They're going to lose. Yeah. You got to come up with something a little, a little better than that, Logan. And then we cut right to the game. I mean, the pace really does just move right along. It does. In this, in this episode. A and B stories. Who needs them? But honestly, we didn't. Yeah. In this. Like, I think that the writing worked really well. And the boys team and the girls team are warming up. Early Logan is just like the worst character. Definitely the most one-dimensional character from the jump. Mm -hmm. We get a cute little Dustin-Zoe interaction here. Dustin is like whispering for Zoe from like under the bleachers. And she comes over and he's like, hey, just so you know, I'm rooting for you. But I can't really root for you. <laughs> yeah. The guy said if I root for the girls, they'd shave off my eyebrows. <laughs> it's politics. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what what can what can I say? I mean, like we said, Dustin has some experience here. He knows the the lay of the land. He does. So, but I love to see him showing up and still supporting his sister. Yeah, everybody's so starved for content. I mean, so are we to assume that this is like a, I don't know, sort of like a, a welcome week phase? Like, has, has school not started yet? That's the gist I get, that this is like an orientation. Well, that's the other fantastic thing about Zoe 101 is like it's set at a boarding school. And how often do we actually see them in class? I mean, not at all in this episode. Their basketball game is just allowed to be scheduled on a Friday midday. So I don't know. Yeah, but I I would imagine it's like an orientation week. Okay. We'll go with that. They're doing school stuff in the background. They have mm -hmm. to be. Thoughts on the basketball coach who is who they roped in? Uh, the basketball coach seems like a pretty, he seems like a decent guy. He clearly has an eye for talent and he is just going to, you know, bring the best people onto his team. And he's just like randomly British because accents are fun. <laughs> He doesn't seem to, you know, we never see him display any talent for basketball. He seems pretty short, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like your typical, like, middle school basketball. I don't know that I have high hopes for this team. This isn't like a John Stamos big shot situation. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they're just, you know, I feel like it's it's not very high on the list of priorities as far as uh, the school is concerned, the success of the basketball team. Yeah, very low stakes challenge. Very, very low stakes. But um, the girls get down early. Uh, Zoe is the only one with any skills, and she's playing with a... a if, uh, if she's Michael Jordan, she's just playing with four Luke Longleys. I'll pretend to get that. <laughs> um, yes, we haven't introduced Quinn yet, but she is kind of a highlight in this basketball montage. Did she get named in this episode? We don't even know her name in this at this point. That's probably true. I just know her name because she's Quinn. Okay. 
She's made her basketball experiences. She once made a basketball explode with chemicals. Deflate gate, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's never, she's not named in this episode. And Michael is not named in this episode, even though they're both present. Michael is Christopher Massey's character. Mm. Kyle Massey's older brother. I think it is fascinating that the Massey brothers had a hold on both Disney Channel and Nickelodeon at the same time. That's how you start an empire. (laughs) Like, good for them. (laughs) Uh, I mean, hey, Chris Massey and uh, whoever plays Logan, they both got hops because they're up here like dunking, (laughs) (laughs) which is wild because they're probably like five and a half feet tall. Yes, they're very (laughs) prepubescent or they're like they have they're like just about to hit puberty. Yeah, I love I love first seasons of a show and just like how little they all are. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're so small. Um, meanwhile, you know, Zoe is trying to include her team, but it really is a, it really is a one woman show over there. She throws the ball to Quinn one time and it just like hits her in the face. Um, another time Quinn gets the ball, she just straight up runs away. Yeah, that's a travel. It gets a little physical between Zoe and Logan. I mean, here's the thing. It shouldn't have gotten to that point. And this is where perhaps the basketball coach, uh, is a bad coach because, Zoe and and Logan are both holding the ball. Clearly a jump ball. Ref, blow the whistle. Call that jump ball. But he doesn't. And it leads to Logan actually just like elbowing Zoe in the face. So that's on the that's on the coach, man. Yeah. Severely fouling. <laughs> I mean, it's not a foul because it should be a jump ball. It should be a jump ball first and then there would be no foul. I'm still pretending I know what that okay. means. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, but I mean, the crowd knows what's up. They boo, they boo loudly. <laughs> yeah, they start booing. Yeah. Yeah. The tides are turning. And, and that's how half, that's how they head into halftime. I guess. <laughs> yeah. It just like, so happens to coincide with, uh, the end of the half, uh, Zoe's nose, is her nose bleeding? It is. A lot of blood in this episode. Yeah. Jeez. Nickelodeon. Yeah. They're all about that blood. But she's not, she's not out. You can knock her down, but she'll get back up again. You're never going to keep her down. Oh. Uh, Chumawamba. Even (laughs) um, goes against the advice of, like, coach wants to send her to the nurse. Yeah, coach, you're not a doctor. Get out of here. And she's like, no, I'm still playing. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're down 24 to 6 at halftime. So (laughs) real bleak outlook for the rest of the game. But you know who can actually play? You know who's got some skills? Grumpy Dana. Yeah, Dana's got game. Dana's a baller. Yeah, she's like, they're like, well, how do we know you're not lying? And she just does like a half court hook shot and <laughs> nails it. Zoe's response is like, sorry, we have a full team. And then Quinn just like runs away. And like one of them can sit on the bench. <laughs> you clearly don't have a problem making tall girls sit on the bench. Yeah. Remember when Netflix made a movie called Tall Girl? Ugh, didn't need to be brought up on this podcast. Sorry. And guess what? Dana's just, she's a basketball prodigy. Between her and Zoe, they're, they're, they're catching up. Like, it's really two on five because the other, the other girls are not contributing. Yeah. And they're making it happen. They are. They're, and they're converting the crowd, too. The crowd is into it. Starting with Dustin. <laughs> yeah. He starts cheering for the girls. You got a problem with that? <laughs> yeah, he's rooting for his sister. What a sweet, what a sweet BB. Speaking of, you know, they got to keep all their music. They had a, this whole basketball scene was set to, um, Are You Gonna Be My Girl by Jet. 
which I assume was the original music. So yeah. they, they, they splurged on their music rights and they kept them in here for the Paramount Plus version, which I appreciated. Yeah. I mean, were we like just at that turning point where- I don't know. Like the language- I mean, it could changed. be the language or it could be, you know, maybe Nickelodeon is not cheap. Mm, 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 mm. I hear a call out in there. Uh, no, <laughs> I wasn't insinuating anything. I was just making a statement about the finances at, at Nickelodeon. But yes, they, they are so, they are so in sync with each other, Zoe and Dana, that they turn 24 to 6 at half to 27 to 28. All right. And here- the boys only scored two baskets. I I guess again here poor execution at the end of the game by Logan. You know you have the ball nine seconds to go. Why are you dribbling? Why are you trying to dribble the ball out, man? Just <laughs> just wait for them to foul you. Go to the line. But no, he has the ball stolen from him, and now Dana has a chance to win the game in slow motion at the buzzer. Yeah, with like another half court buzzer shot yeah why it seems like Zoe's in front of her and for some reason she she passes the (laughs) ball backwards just so it can go to Dana like you're so much closer but yeah the shot's up and it rims out yes it was the dramatic slow-mo a la Ricard hitting a target in (laughs) last week's survivor wow what a only to fail you know they lose and Logan immediately comes over to to gloat but coach saw some potential here. And Zoe, you could be a great point guard. Yeah. And he invites Dana to be on the team too. Yeah. <laughs> but guess what? Logan's point guard. Things can change, Logan. Yeah. Sometimes things change. And the girls lost, but they ultimately have a positive attitude about it. Yeah. I mean, it's and- not a bad showing. If they didn't completely uh, drop the ball, pun intended, in half number one then they could have won. Yeah, true. And honestly, this is Dana's fault. Like, Dana, why are you holding out on us? Who are you trying to impress? I know. If she was just down from the get-go, they could have been a contender. Yeah, they could have been somebody. Yeah. And then we get our final group scene. We're in the girls' dorm. We're celebrating. We are happy that it was a formidable showing. And some of the boys show up led by Chase, and he's just like, hey, like, kind of like it was a good game gesture, you know, like, not all the boys at PCA feel the way that Logan does. Not all boys. (laughs) 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 And Michael agrees, but then they kind of undermine it by then kind of just saying, and we heard there's pizza and cake. Yeah. But you got to start somewhere. That, that's the, well, not quite, because we have one final moment. We have, to, we have to go back to that urinal. Yeah, so they turn the urinal into like a paper mache uh, garden. I don't know. Uh, interesting use of your time. Go to class. <laughs> yeah, they really, um, they really just art up that urinal. Like when, the, when they flush it, lights, like they use some like electrical stuff wiring to make lights happen like yeah that feels like a <laughs> that's like a uh, like a i don't know like a power a surge hazard. waiting to happen yeah and there's a lot of paper in it but like isn't it just going to get wet i just i have a lot of questions it's very aesthetically pleasing and i get i get the sentiment like the girls are here now 
it makes a statement, but. But stop playing in the urinal. <laughs> some questions. <laughs> and that's, that's the first episode of Zoe 101. Yeah, so here's my take on Zoe 101 compared to Lizzie McGuire. I feel like after watching one episode and, you know, thinking back to how I felt after we watched the first episode of Lizzie McGuire, I feel like I'm more into Zoe 101 overall. I, I'm more compelled to watch another episode. Oh my God, I feel we like can I, do that. I mean, I don't. we don't have to. I just feel like I get these characters more then I really get, like, the, the the cast of Lizzie McGuire. And, you know, the setting is more fun. There's no parents, so it's just all, no rules. Um, I think me, personally, I, I think I was drawn in a little bit by the, the sports aspect of this pilot, which there wasn't really. I guess we get rhythmic gymnastics, but, you know, who rhythmic gymnastics? <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's my take on, on Zoe 101. I think that objectively, like if you put the two pilots side by side, I would say that from like a writing standpoint, the Zoe 101 pilot is stronger. I just think that, like I said, I really enjoy the dialogue. I really enjoy the the setup and you can, like you said, you you can get who these characters are for the most part. I mean, there were a lot of characters to introduce. So naturally, like a couple of them got the short end of the stick in this episode. But for the most part, you can start to get the sort of hints of like who they all are and like what motivates them. And there was stakes in this episode. There was conflict. It was a, it was a fun time. I think that the 20 minutes passed pretty quickly for me. I mean, especially compared to where we've been coming from these past few weeks. Um, we've been watching some real slow content, but shall we compare some outfits? It's been quite some time since we've done this, but we're back in the early 2000s and we're back in middle school. And we Although, are the is this like Peters. Is this a middle school or is it is it like a K through 12? What's the situation here? Unclear. All right, so let's see. I don't want to talk specific. I mean, we get the theme song right off the bat, which I feel like is also unique. Uh, or not unique, but different from Lizzie McGuire. I feel like Lizzie McGuire likes to do the cold open situation. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as I, uh, I will say the outfits here are not quite as bold as Lizzie McGuire, and I'm not sure what that means. But, you know, Jamie Lynn Spears comes out, and she's just in, like, a pink shirt and a blue skirt. And it feels very, like... I don't know, just not trying to make too much of a statement here. No, it feels it feels more authentic to what kids would actually wear to school mm-hmm. every day. You know, I feel like Lizzie McGuire was very much on the forefront of like really being bold with fashion in children's television. But the clothes in this show feel more, I guess, true to like what me and my sister would wear to school. Um, would you wear anything like what Nicole is wearing here? Nicole's look is a look. (laughs) Like, yes and no. Like, I wouldn't mix the purple with the pink, but I definitely would do the V-neck shirt, but with, like, a higher neck shirt Mm -hmm. under it. And did cutting the sleeves off help? Yeah, it was a look. (laughs) It was a look. I respected that. It was the boldest moment. Yeah. All right. So... 
I mean, Jamie Lynn Spears in this episode serves us actually quite a bit of pink. A lot of pink. Like every out, I feel like she wears like three or four different outfits. They're all pink. Yes, I really appreciated the um, the double tank top here. Uh, that was definitely a moment. <laughs> it was yeah. a look um, specifically. Like I remember going to dance classes and layering tank tops like that. What? Why would you do that? What is the purpose of this? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know why you did this. It was just a look. Are you surprised that in the basketball game, they didn't make them wear like jerseys or something to more clearly differentiate between the two teams? Like they didn't all color coordinate. They did not color coordinate, but they gender coordinated. So I, guess, I guess so. Yeah, that was that was all you needed. When Dana comes out, she comes out like full like, you know, and one shorts. Like down to the below the knees. Yeah, she's ready. She's prepared. She's yeah. wearing basketball shorts. Did you have basketball shorts like this? No. Um, I mean, they, the girls did coordinate too at a certain extent, where it was very much a vibe of like, let's each pick a bold color, like bright color. Like Nicole is in green, Zoe's in pink, Quinn's in orange. There's another unnamed girl in yellow. Dana shows up in red. Dana is the like red and black, like kind of emo. Mm. emo girl and um you know what keep that union jack alive chase i, I, <laughs> I had it i put that in my notes actually first union jack sighting <laughs> so one cool. for one yeah that's great what is it what is it with young children and just the british flag i don't know bizarre oh, the low-cut jeans are sending me <laughs> Especially because they're coming back. Yeah. There's been a lot of discourse in the last, I mean, I mean, this past year, I mean, we've seen a lot of Y2K fashion coming back in like Gen Z's style and they're bringing back the low rise jeans and low rise jeans don't need to come back. But here they are. They're just such an attack. How about that belt from uh, Jamie Lynn Spears here? That's quite a belt. Or Yeah. Like a giant green belt buckle. Yeah, I would be rocking more of Dana's look in this scene, actually. I had, like, colorful pants. Yeah, she's um, got, like, purple pants. With that black sort of, like, clothy belt. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, the style choices in the show just very much feels like kids in middle school. There's nothing super distinct about it. I think each character has their own, like, color palette. But I mean, they're not they're not mixing prints or wearing platform sandals or <laughs> doing anything uh, wacky with their hair. So it's very it's very toned down. It's very muted. It is. It's not a focal point of the episode for sure. No. Um, MVP. I mean, I feel like I have to give it to Zoe. I agree. I think it's Zoe one hundred and one. It's Zoe one hundred and one. And I'm assuming her last name is one hundred and one, and that's why <laughs> they put her in room. We don't get her last name, right? I feel like I'm going to know it when I Google it. Oh, no, no Googling. We're just going to assume that her last name is 101. <laughs> <laughs> like a Lizzie McGuire, Zoe 101. Her last name is actually just numbers. Elon Musk is her dad. No. Zoe Brooks, yeah. <laughs> Zoe Brooks 101. <laughs> but yeah, she's the clear MVP here. She rallies the girls together. She... She sets out on her goal to join the basketball team, and she does it without even trying out. She doesn't even have to show up to tryouts tomorrow on a Saturday. Yeah. That's she, how you get she, out of tryouts. Yeah, she's just appointed point guard. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I really loved what I saw from Zoe here. I think 
one of the things that I really love about Zoe 101, and I think that really distinguishes it, is the confidence that Zoe brings. The confidence, yes. Um, that is just so like lacking in Lizzie for the better part of the series. Yeah. That was really important to see. These girls claiming their space in a space that was historically not for them and exuding confidence while doing so. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that we took this dive down memory lane. And I, for one, will probably continue on this journey because it's fun. We were only supposed to watch one episode. Now we have to pivot over to Unfabulous, apparently. I'm super curious to watch that pilot because I have vague memories of watching that show, like I said, but it definitely wasn't the one that I would watch on repeat. Yeah. It was more like, oh, if it's on and nothing else is, I'll tune in. So If it's on and nothing else is. Okay. Uh, high praise for sure. <laughs> this was This was fun though, Sam. Thanks for watching Zoe 101 with me indulging me in this way i know now i have to go watch a really crappy movie for the crown <laughs> for crowning around so you know uh happy that i could uh have this little 20 minute 23 minute actually this was a kind of a long episode yeah um you know relative to I feel like lizzie mcguire episodes are only around 21 minutes but this was they went they got those two extra you minutes and they two. were like yeah they make all the difference <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so yeah, glad that I got this little respite. Yes. Before I have to go watch. Oh man, what a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think it's interesting that we were kind of pivoting to the Nickelodeon side and not just like diving into more Disney, but I'm not mad about it. I mean, I feel like we inevitably will dive into more Disney shows of the era, you know, with some, maybe that's so Raven, some proud family. It was all around the same time, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so right. So we'll, we'll get some Kyle Massey on, on the pod. Yeah, this will become an exclusively Kyle Massey podcast. It'll be That's the Raven, and then we'll watch Life is Rough. <laughs> no, then we watch Corey in the House. Oh, then we watch Corey in the House, and then Life is Rough. Wait, did Kyle Matt, was he on Dancing with the Stars at one point? He was. Oh, wow. Okay. And then we watched his season of Dancing with the Stars. He was fun on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, my gosh. I just... The things that you know because of me. <laughs> oh, that, was, that was such a proud moment. Cool. So that was just a little comparative analysis of Lizzie McGuire as, a, as an entire series versus one episode of Zoe 101, <laughs> which I petitioned that we should have watched more Zoe 101 before we did this, but Sam really wanted to be a one and done. Well, yeah, I don't have all day. <laughs> you know, I, I do. Have, I'm a... I'm a busy guy. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So one episode, I mean, I feel like it was a good showing. Zoe 101 put their best foot for, I don't know, actually, they put a good foot. I don't know if it was their best foot, but if you only have two feet, then 50-50 chance, I guess, that <laughs> this was true. your best foot. Yeah. Well, as always, you can follow us at Outfit Repeat Pod on Twitter and email us at outfitrepeaterspodcast at gmail.com. So if you, you know, are curious about some of our analysis about Lizzie McGuire, you came in here because you were like, Zoe 101 is my favorite show. All of our episodes can be found either at our website, www.paginatedmedia.com slash outfit repeaters, or on any platform where podcasts are available. 
And I know I teased watching this par- uh, this terrible movie for crowning around, but that uh, podcast will come out in a few weeks. Right now, uh, this week we'll be talking about season two, episode five. So if you're on that post Emmys crown watch, <laughs> watch it with us. Yeah, and stay tuned to see if we can find Unfabulous to talk about next week. Yeah.